Time for us now to take our view from the US and uh, we're joined on the line uh, this time from South Carolina by RTHK's international economics correspondent Barry Wood. Uh, good morning Barry. Good morning James. What's South Carolina doing in terms of weather at the moment? It's very cold in Hong Kong at least by our standards. Uh, what's South Carolina looking at? Well how about 22 degrees? Oh 22 That's degrees. Better. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, now, we'll come on to talk about politics in a moment, and particularly because uh, Nikki Haley, of course, is a former uh, governor of uh, South Carolina. But uh, tell us about the boom that's going on there at the moment. It seems like economically South Carolina is is doing pretty well. Absolutely. It's amazing, really, because um, 20, 30 years ago, this was a textile state. Uh, textiles had moved down well, 100 years ago from Massachusetts, New York State, into the South where labor was cheaper. And then the textile industry has all moved to Asia and to Mexico and the Caribbean. And now they have transitioned into manufacturing. So those people who say that manufacturing is dead in the States are wrong because uh, this has proven to be an extraordinarily popular destination for investment from Europe, particularly Germany and France. You've got Michelin tires, you've got 1,600 workers at Volvo from Sweden, which is, of course, Chinese-owned. You've got 2,000 from Bosch, and you've got, uh, most of all, uh, 7,500 workers from BMW. The largest BMW plant in the world is in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So, yes, it's a huge success story. What is it about South Carolina, Barry, that uh, attracts these, uh, these big names to set up shop? I think, most of all, it is the absence of strident difficult American trade unions. There is no unionization in any of these plants in South Carolina. Of course, they're free to organize, but the workers are not interested in that. I think that's the number one consideration. Number two, the Port of Charleston is a huge and modernized port, and it's very equally served by railways and trucks. So Spartanburg, which is several hundred miles away, that's where BMW is, they can bring all their cars for shipment all over the world from Spartanburg to the Port of Charleston. That's a big plus. And I think finally, it's really got a very hardworking labor force. And that has really proven to be a magnet and it continues. Now, talking of uh, of unions, and uh, as we said, Nikki Haley is a former um, a governor of South Carolina, and I understand that she's not very pro-unions at all. So I wonder, maybe, has that got something to do with the state of, uh, of unions in, in South Carolina? Well, she fits in, and she was very instrumental in getting um, Volvo to come into South Carolina. And this is Volvo's only North American facility. It's uh, going to build electric cars. She also got Boeing, which is a huge employer. All of the 787 Dreamliners are produced in Charleston, South Carolina. So is this the anti-union Nikki Haley? Yes, that's important. But you know, the fact is, after three days here, it's very clear, she's not very popular. Not anymore. First of all, she was on the Boeing board of directors and she took a lot of money. She's living in a very expensive home out on a Atlantic uh, Beach island. Mm. And um, she's probably going to get blown away by Donald Trump. 
So what is the situation uh, at the moment? I mean, obviously, we saw the results of the New Hampshire um, primary. Is she really going to stay in the race? Is there a chance that she could break through? I mean, her, her results weren't terrible, were they? No, they were better than most polls had expected. Yes, Donald Trump got over 50% of the New Hampshire vote. He's obviously very happy, but he also feels betrayed by Nikki Haley. He wanted her to uh, bow out of the race, give up. And uh, in his victory remarks 24 hours ago, he spent a lot of time just castigating Nikki Haley. Will she drop out? Probably. She's behind by 30 points in her home state. Um, The two senators from South Carolina have endorsed Donald Trump, but she could stay because there is a sense that a lot of Republicans and independents will not vote for Donald Trump, but they would vote for someone else. That's not to say that she's got a chance for the nomination. Most of the experts say Donald Trump's got it wrapped up. So perhaps, though, you know, some of those people that uh, might have looked at DeSantis or, or, or looked at perhaps an alternative candidate to Trump might still stick with her? Yeah, I think that's true. And a lot of the commentators are saying, look, let's look at the money. Will the donors still finance Nikki Haley? Look, she's speaking right now, uh, just five kilometers from where I'm talking to you. Uh, So she's not giving up on South Carolina, despite Hmm. this huge advance lead that Donald Trump has. Could she make up some ground? I suppose she will. Will she stay in? That's impossible to say. How about the ethnic vote? Um, Nikki Haley is uh, American Indian, I understand. You know, is is that attractive perhaps to uh, other sectors of uh, the population? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a strange thing. You know, over here in the States, American Indian would mean Native American. So you have to say what? uh, An American of Indian descent, of East Indian descent. (laughs) That's crazy. Mm. Look, that was a plus for her. And I think being a female is a plus. And you don't find anyone who's talking about that in a negative way in South Carolina or nationwide. Um, Look, she speaks well. Um, She is uh, obviously... um, trying to thread the needle? Can she do it? I doubt it. Look, Donald Trump has got an almost insurmountable lead. And by the way, we shouldn't forget, this is an extraordinary comeback for a man who was written off three years ago. I mean, they thought there was no chance. Hmm. All of these court dates, all this media negativity seems to boost his popularity. And it's not just a cult following, I can assure you of that. If if it goes through and it becomes uh, Biden against Trump and say Trump does uh, win it, just quickly, Barry, what do you think that means for the economy? What do you think that means for business? Is that good, bad, indifferent? Well, I think the short answer is we don't know. But we do know that he's talking tariffs. He likes to call himself the tariff man. 10% generalized tariff across the board. I think business would hate that idea. The Europeans, the Asians, they'd all hate it. Um, But during his presidency, there was a big tax cut, business like that. The economy grew swiftly. It was pre-pandemic, so you had relatively low inflation. You had job creation. So I think uh, if you look at Davos, people are sort of positioning themselves to say, let's get ready for the possibility that Donald Trump could once again be the American president. Well, of course, we'll watch with interest and uh, follow this story for pretty much the rest of the year, I'm sure. Uh, Barry Wood is RTHK's international economics correspondent, reporting today from uh, South Carolina. Thanks very much.